0: Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults age 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio, KLBJ.
1: They're live, local, and talking about the stories that matter to you. Share your opinions with Mark and Melinda at 512-836-0590. Now, here are Mark and Melinda. 503 Tigers here producing.
2: Ian is in South Austin. Ian, welcome. How are you? I understand you're a high school teacher. Is that right, sir?
3: Yes, sir. And it's Ethan.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Welcome, Ethan. thank
3: you. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm calling in about the topic of um, these high schoolers who are, are graduates and uh, the, the difficulty in the job market, I think about it, um, I actually was talking with some students today, I, I'm a high school teacher, I teach juniors and sophomores, and I think about it when I talk to my juniors and sophomores and seniors, because um, it's just a difficult job market right now, and there is still very much a cultural sense that you have to go to college. And um, I wish that it weren't that way because I've got students that are great writers. They're great public speakers. They're working on all these these skills that are actually very useful and very useful in the job market. But there just don't seem there doesn't seem to be a very strong sense among um, the local economy that we need to be offering these jobs, offering real uh, good entry level work to these high schoolers and that they're capable of that. And, um, and unfortunately you have a bunch of kids who, they, they feel like they have to go to college and that's a really difficult financial situation for them to, to take on. I, th- I see them at 17 or 18 years old and they're thinking about going to college for 30,000 a year plus and it just, it's sad to see them uh, feel like they're kind of tied by that difficult situation.
4: Yeah, I, it, it is a shame that we put so much emphasis on having a two, four year or more uh, degree. Yes, there are certain fields that definitely you want to know that they went through some upper levels training to, to be able to have mm-hmm. that position, but it does; it shouldn't be for every single job. And it, it is sad when you think about the cost of of it and you aren't seeing Trying to figure out a way to say this the, the correct way. You see the cost that, that people are incurring to go to these universities or these colleges, yet the product that they're turning out isn't enough to cover that cost in a sense that you're not getting what you're paying for.
3: Ethan, and when it's you when even y- at the state schools, too. Sorry, Mark. No, I,
2: I was just going to ask you when you think about your current crop of students. What are some uh, good fields they would be well qualified to go into right away out of high school?
3: That's a good question. I, <clears throat> I'm of the opinion that the business degree that most people get, a uh, Bachelor's of Arts in Business Administration or or what have you, unless it's finance or accounting, um, those are skills that you can learn on the job in most businesses. And I think, I think that If we're honest with ourselves, then those are jobs that a lot of people could do with training and with some maybe on the job education and investment by good companies in their workers. And if they, if, so I think that those jobs, like you said in the, the whole article about this is that there are people working jobs that they went to college to get that they don't need their degree to have. And so that proves that there are, there is a market out there for people without college degrees. Um, I, so I think in a lot of business places, if it's in sales or if it's in marketing or, and then of course there's, there is a whole world of blue collar work as well that we don't seem to think is glamorous or, um, desirable. But, so I, I could see my students really doing a lot of things if there was, um, a, a bigger sense among, among employers. And I think we're moving toward that, mm-hmm. thankfully, as, uh, with coronavirus, you know, everybody, had to do online schooling and people began thinking seriously, is this worth the tens of thousands of dollars that I have to pay whenever I don't get to go climb on the rock wall and exercise in the gigantic, <laughs> you know, yeah. weight room and all the things that you pay all this ma- money for. Right. Yes. Um, yes. And so thankfully we're kind of moving away from that, but I definitely think we're in this phase that's, uh, we're still in the early stages of that. It's interesting to see, hopefully we'll move more in that direction by if I have any uh, room to say that, I hope that if there are any employers out here who are listening to this, that you you give a thought to those those high schoolers because um, they they do need that opportunity, and I think a lot could change if we just started to think about it differently.
2: Ethan, good to hear from you, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good afternoon. We appreciate it, Ethan. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Yesterday, during the show, we told you that President Biden announced he was forgiving more college loan debt. Then he went on the campaign trail in California, and he told his audience at one stop that the MAGA Republicans tried to stop him from doing this, but couldn't. And the U.S. Supreme Court tried to stop him, and they couldn't stop him, Melinda.
4: Just think about that being your fundraising slash campaigning message. Um, And I'll leave the MAGA Republicans out of it. But to get up there and say that your message is the Supreme Court couldn't stop me. I'm sorry, that's not someone that I want. We have decided that the Supreme Court is the top court and that their rulings— Are What we go by. And when the Supreme Court has told you, you do not have the authority by yourself Mm -hmm. to decide that you're going to use taxpayer money to forgive other taxpayers of their debt. And you're using that as couldn't stop me. Look at me. I'm still doing it. That's that doesn't bode well for me. I, I Yes, I wasn't going to vote for the man anyway, but I wouldn't see that as a selling message. He doesn't want to listen to the Supreme Court. Imagine for a second, and I hate to do this because this happens way too often. If it were someone else that said Supreme Court couldn't stop me. The, you would think that the world was ending because it would be made such a huge problem with. We have a president that Mm -hmm. has gone rogue and doesn't even listen to the highest court of the nation.
2: Biden likes to warn us about threats to democracy. You can make the argument that this kind of action is a threat to democracy. We have three branches of the federal government. It's a balance of power according to the Constitution. And here the Supreme Court said, Mr. President, you do not have the legal authority to forgive all of this debt. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. President Biden said MAGA couldn't stop me, and the U.S. Supreme Court could not stop me from wiping away all of this college loan debt. 510 now at KLBJ. Let's go to Eric on Mark and Melinda. Hey, Eric, how are you this afternoon?
1: Hey, Mark, I'm good. Um, You know, going to the college degrees and whether they're worth it and pays off, there's a major piece of the puzzle that's missing here, though, which is it has a lot to do with the degrees that students are picking today. Cause let me tell you, if you go study engineering, all is well, there's no problem at all. And I just frustrates the heck out of me. Cause I studied engineering and t- you know, the talk of getting jobs that you didn't really need to go to college for that's nobody talks about that in my world. Like we don't, I, I now run a large engineering organization. We can't hire enough people. We don't hire you unless you have generally an advanced degree, a graduate degree. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's just not enough people, not even close. If you've got an electrical engineering degree in high-frequency electronics, you know, hey, call me. I'll hire you right now. Like, we cannot find people. And so it has a lot to do with the degrees that the students are picking out of high school. And to me, that's a major problem.
4: You know, this article listed all these things that the university could do, and that one of the suggestions was not get rid of degrees that don't amount to anything for people.
2: Yeah, when you dive deep into it, the data support what you just told us, Eric, that people who get a four-year degree in engineering or more than a four-year degree, they have no problem within one year getting a job in the engineering field.
1: And it's frustrating to us, it's frustrating to the engineering community because uh, if you go back to the 1950s, 1960s, even 70s, engineering was a glamorous Field to go into. Think about the 60s with the moon race and everything. Aerospace engineering was super hot. And uh, today, the top students, you know, and I know a lot of smart high schoolers and college age kids, the top students that are the sharpest and the brightest, they don't go into engineering. You know, they go into, they often get business degrees, which can be quite general. Um, they do other things. They just, they're not going into engineering. And it's my message to all your listeners out there If you if you're a parent, or a grandparent that has any influence on a kid in high school right now, you know, you gotta, you gotta help them understand this message that it may not be the decision that their friends are making or they want to make right now, but you know, going and getting a, a college degree in engineering in my personal experience and the thousands of people that I employ in that area is that is a path to success in life. You will be good if you go get that. It's not easy, but it's not that hard. You're smart enough to do it if you work hard, and it is a path to long term success.
2: Eric, thanks so much. Have a great evening, sir. You Thank bye. you. Bye bye. 512 836 0590. It's 513 now with Mark and Melinda.
1: And now back to the Mark and Melinda Show, streaming live on the News Radio KLBJ
0: app.
2: You might recall when Governor Greg Abbott asked Texas lawmakers to create a new crime of murder when it comes to drug dealers who are selling fentanyl-laced pills and killing people. They did so. It's a law now in Texas. And KXAN has a report on a story where an 18-year-old has been sentenced to 10 years in prison in a case where someone died after ingesting fentanyl lace pills that he sold. Ten years in prison. The drug dealer is 18, Melinda. And this is a plea bargain agreement with prosecutors in Hayes County.
4: Too light to me. I can't imagine that when Texas decided we needed this law, that they were envisioning plea agreements being made for less time. They made the law. I believe, to try to make it as big of a deterrent as possible. Mm -hmm. We're not going to tolerate this. And when you're only giving 10 years in prison, knowing that this guy, when, when he sold to this victim that died, was already out on bond for, you guessed it, dealing fentanyl. Uh, had been arrested for that. He knew that what he was selling was fentanyl, laced with fentanyl. He knew the risk involved in all of this, and yet he continued to sell it and then agrees to just 10 years in prison.
2: This falls far short of what I think the governor wanted, what lawmakers want, what I expect. I think, Other members of the public expect a much tougher punishment for people selling fentanyl and killing other Texans. And yet here he is with 10 years on a plea bargain agreement. This story is short on details. It does not explain why the district attorney decided to go with a plea bargain agreement rather than going to trial and trying to get a conviction and a much tougher penalty in this case.
4: And I do want to be clear that this is Hayes County, not Travis County. But we are seeing the pattern of district attorney's offices, especially around our area here, that their go-to now is a plea agreement. And I think that there probably is a time and place for that, but you're not going to convince me it's every case that comes in front of them. And it seems like that's what we're seeing a lot of lately is cases where in no manner should a plea agreement even be thought about much less considered and approved i don't know why they're deciding to go this route instead of going and taking things to trial
2: we'd like to get your thoughts 512-836-0590 call or text us what is your expectation in these cases of drug dealers who are selling fentanyl laced pills and killing people and they're charged with murder, what, what is your expectation in terms of punishment in cases like this? What do you want to see? 512-836-0590 is 10 years enough?
4: Do you happen to recall off the top of your head what Texas put as the penalty range for that?
2: I think it can go all the way to life. We'll have to look, but I believe a murder conviction can carry a penalty of up to life in prison. I, I seem to recall the the victim in this case was a teenager down in in Hayes County. The
4: they drug dealer was eighteen, a, yeah, and Hayes County was having a huge problem with the amount of fentanyl that was going through there and that the the young teens that were dying from that. So this was if this was the same case that I was thinking of, the the district attorney was happy to bring charges against this individual. And then it just seems like it puttered out.
2: I think she argued that she was the first DA in mm-hmm. Texas to bring a murder charge uh, against a fentanyl dealer. Right. All right, 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts on that one.
4: 15 to 99 years in prison was what the bill that just passed, that new law that just passed, said the potential sentence should be.
2: Fifteen to ninety-nine,
4: mm-hmm. and yet here they are able to plead less than the minimum.
2: Interesting. All right, five one two eight three six zero five ninety. Carrie is on far west with Mark and Melinda. Five twenty-two. Hello, Carrie. How are you?
5: I'm good. Thank you for taking my call.
2: Yes, welcome. What are your thoughts this afternoon, Carrie?
5: Well, I was calling about uh, regarding the caller that called about the engineering degree. Yes. Um, I, I do think he's right. People need to look at the kind of degrees they can actually get a job because what I've noticed, and this is with my nephews, my cousins, friends, children, is they go get these four year degrees in whatever, and they expect to go into a company and be hired as the CEO because they have a piece of paper. And as I've explained to them more than once, that just gets your foot in the door. <laughs> you are now in the door, but they're not going to put you in charge until you Proven yourself And they don't seem to understand that And then they give up And then they don't want to pay their loan Because they can't get a job Doing what they want And it's like I just It amazes me Young people's perception of I went to college Now give me top pay for the top job It's like no You start at the bottom And work your way up
4: Yeah Carrie That was one of my questions On this survey that was done That was just citing How many people are not in that job and I my thought was how many tried for more than just one job application? Are they continuing to try or did they go, Well I didn't get it on the first try and it should have happened so I'm I'm just out.
5: Well I've got friends that their kids have changed jobs multiple times because they can't they they finally get in somewhere. And they're upset that they're not at the highest pay, whatever, and they don't last long because it's not what they want. I went to college. I had a 4.0. Well, that's great. But that doesn't mean you get to be the CEO of a Fortune whatever company. That means you got in the door your application and that degree got you in the door and they really get upset. And then they don't look for jobs and they want to move back with their parents. And then they don't want to pay their loan because they say it wasn't worth it. I can't get a job.
2: Hmm. Carrie, thank you. That's uh, an area where we need to improve. And that is building the tenacity of our young people, that ability to overcome obstacles, defeats, to keep trying ultimately to succeed to persevere
4: well and we're we're not felling we start felling them at that part at a very young (laughs) age
2: yes carrie thank you we go to robert in round rock on the fentanyl case hey robert welcome how are you today sir
6: pretty good good afternoon man the attorney general they need to look into this because the fact that he was able to you know do a plea below the 15 year is hogwash bunch of red flags but I think they need to go back to drawing board and it should be a mandatory minimum of 25 alive so if you want to plea yeah you can plead for 25 years but this is terrible because like you said earlier I heard you know it's like 15 to 99 and he only got 10 red flags red flags red flags but yeah I, I think, think uh, Texas, I
2: think at least ahead. 25 years would be uh, a stronger deterrent far more than just
4: 10 robert yes and i and i'm actually going to argue against the 99 in prison and here's my reason why because i do think you have to take into account that the victim in this case if they chose to seek this out and then chose to take the drug they have a little bit of culpability in that, that they were a part of this. And so I don't think it all goes on the drug dealer if someone's seeking that out. Now, if it's another way around, then yes.
6: Yeah, but like, you know, he was out on bond for fentanyl before, so yeah, he definitely should have got 25 years.
2: Uh, agreed. In, in this case, I, I think you're right. And KXAN says investigators determined the drug dealer was aware he was selling fentanyl. He mm-hmm. knew it. And he said, yeah, I know the dangers associated with fentanyl, but he kept doing and it you know, anyway.
6: And, and then his 25 would only be good that if he could say, well, you know, where, where's your supplier at? <laughs> anyway, thank you.
2: Thank have you, Robert. Nice. You have, right. a, have a good evening, sir.
4: I, I think that that would come into play with an agreement. You got to give up where you got it from. Let us start working it.
2: Mm-hmm yes 512-836-0590 join the conversation there's more to come just ahead with mark and melinda
1: and now back to the mark and melinda show join the conversation at 512-836-0590 one of the stories we're discussing is a kxan
2: report an 18 year old fentanyl dealer was sentenced to 10 years in prison on a plea bargain This is in Hayes County. Uh, The event happened in April of 2023. It led to the fentanyl overdose death of a teenager in Hayes County. You're hearing from a member of law enforcement on this story, Melinda? Uh,
4: Someone that was a part of the investigation, and it was a 15-year-old high school student in in Hayes CISD. um, But this individual that was a part of the investigation said they are equally disgusted by this plea deal. They would like to clarify, though, this case, the actual offense occurred before Texas legislature passed the new law, the new murder law regarding the dealers, Uh, but went on to say, couldn't help but think about the distraught parents they met with that day and how in 10 years they will not have their son while this dealer is free. Mm. Again, so many times these plea agreements just cast the victim or the victim's families aside. And,
2: I, and they should be the priority, as well as justice for all of us, all citizens.
4: Right, and also, I, I think about this individual that said it was a part of the investigation. All the effort that went into that, mm-hmm. I, it, it has to seem like it doesn't equal that much when, you are, when they're then given a light sentence.
2: Let's go to Spencer southwest austin he has some thoughts on this story spencer good afternoon how are you doing
7: i'm good mark how are you very
2: well spencer thank you welcome
7: thank you um yeah my thoughts are you know you you sell a drug that you know could possibly kill somebody especially to a kid i, I mean my opinion is you get the death penalty um you simply poison somebody i mean what would they give to somebody a pharmacist who was selling drugs in the backside to kids you know that mm-hmm. potentially killed killed them um, that's my opinion anyway on that um, but I wanted to also talk about the kids in college degrees these days I do have a daughter who's a senior in college and she's about to graduate this this summer and I'm very happy for that but I was a kid that did not go to uh, a university I went I got lucky enough to get into a trade school um, which that trade I decided I didn't want to do in, in the long run, and I worked several different jobs uh, up until I was about almost 30 years old. Um, I do work for a company now. I've been with them for 14 years, and I started at the very bottom. Um, you know, worked my way through every every faucet of the company just on my work ethic, and was promoted throughout. And, you know, starting out at $13 an hour with a company and then over 14 years making over $80,000 a year is an accomplishment that can be achieved. And college is not for every single kid. And I say that if you start at the bottom of something, you start young and you get in with a company that at least you can see that they're growing or that they're You see other people working in the company that are moving in the company based on their work ethic. Uh, there's something to be said for that versus, hey, I want to, I want to be at the top after four years of college. Again, that Carrie made a good point is that it gets you in the door. It doesn't prove your worth at, your, your worth at that point. You have to prove yourself for that. And, and I'm, I'm guilty of it too. I was guilty of it for several years before I landed my job that I have now that you know I bounced around. I got got into a wor- you know, work and it didn't move up as fast as I wanted to, and I moved on to a different job. Um, but that's a kid's mentality. They, you know, every kid is gonna is gonna assume that hey, I've been here for four years, I should be running the company at this point. <laughs> <laughs> that's simply not the reality. Um, you know, you have to keep it up. And if if yeah, if the if the job isn't, if you're never gonna go anywhere, I'd say yeah, okay, move on to a different job. But starting out your job owing hundreds of thousands of dollars um and hoping that it's going to be the one that you stick with is is not not reality either Uh, a lot for for a lot of people back to the fentanyl thing you know um kids kids are always going to experiment with things they're not supposed to you tell kids not to do something what do they do they do it anyway Mm -hmm. um i i when i was lucky enough when i was a kid i don't think we had to worry about drugs like fentanyl um, but these kids aren't being sold fentanyl. They're being sold Valium or uh, Xanax or something else that's been contaminated, you know, knowingly by these people who are selling these drugs. They should get the death penalty for that. Um, and again, this is just my opinion, and I appreciate your time. And, uh, well, th- thank you, Spencer.
2: Thanks, Spencer. You have a great evening. We appreciate it. Take I care. I
4: was going to add something that he Reminded me of when he was talking about the kids once, the college kids, graduates. Once you get there and having to work your way up, a part of that too, and I don't see it happening very often, is learning other jobs while you're at there. And maybe this industry is a little bit different, but I can remember my first job in the industry was this set responsibility, and I went around everywhere, even to the engineers, which I have no business being in, trying to learn anything about. <laughs> I wanted to know how everything worked, how everything operated, and if I needed to be called on at the last minute, perhaps I could fill in and help here because I thought it would be more beneficial to be more rounded than just say, well, no, that's not in my realm as responsibility, so I'm not going to do it. And I think that also helps to show, I don't know if worth is the right thing, but it shows that you are dedicated to this, you want to learn, and you want to help make the company Better, in in whichever way you can add to that.
2: Yes. Never stop learning. Never stop acquiring knowledge. And he hit on a a vital point, work ethic. Mm -hmm. People who have that great work ethic will surpass the vast majority of the other people in the office or the work setting.
0: They they will
2: separate from the others.
4: If you treat it as just a job, I'm just there from this hour to this hour and here's my set duties it's going to be hard to surpass somebody that's like, oh, well, how can I help you with that? Or do you mind teaching me a little bit of this or that?
2: Absolutely. Let's go to Leander. Tyler is with us on KLBJ. Hello, Tyler. How are you?
8: Oh, I'm doing great. Uh, Appreciate your show, guys. Yeah, I just wanted to say it's not really a one-size-fits-all type situation. You've got, uh, from the other side of the coin, um, I used to be an addict, um, in recovery, I don't use anymore, but fentanyl was something that I used and I would go to my dealers who were actively selling fentanyl. I knew I was buying it. They knew they were selling it. If I died, should that, that, uh, dealer have just as much time as another dealer who's selling what supposedly is an Adderall, but has fentanyl in it. I
2: Generally speaking, I favor a very heavy penalty for dealers of fentanyl or these other deadly drugs, Tyler, because I understand your your case, uh, but we have over 100,000 people in cemeteries now because of fentanyl poisoning overdoses. We have yeah, to do yeah. something drastic to try to curb this.
8: Yeah, and no, I totally, totally understand that. Um, but people do seek it out. Um, they absolutely do seek it out, and they... Uh, knowingly purchase it. Uh, It's not always something that's cut, right? So just wanted to throw that in there. And then on the um, the college side of things. So yeah, I I went to community college right out of high school. I was there for two years and I I landed a job at Dell in sales. So I stopped college. Uh, My whole career has been in sales and technology uh, and I'm making a lot more money than folks I know that uh, went on to get their degree. Um, and I love what I do, and uh, you work hard, and you get paid for it well, and, uh, you know, I'm able to provide for my family. So uh, that's kind of my spin on it.
2: I think that's outstanding. Mm -hmm. Congratulations on on being so successful. Well done, Tyler.
8: Well, appreciate it, guys.
2: Yeah, thank -hmm. you. You have a good afternoon. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. A judge in California has blocked a new law in the state of California. This is a federal judge who says California cannot allow residents, the state or local governments to sue members of the firearms industry that manufacture or sell what California calls abnormally dangerous guns. This U S district judge in San Diego sided with the firearms industry and saying, California cannot allow these kinds of lawsuits.
4: First, the case should have been thrown out just on uh, the merits of putting in their abnormally dangerous guns. That, uh, it's ridiculous on the surface. It should have never even went past that. They should have read it and been like, "Yeah, nope, you're not." Um, the interesting part of this judge' ruling is it didn't even talk about the Second Amendment but still said that this was un- likely unconstitutional based on the Commerce Clause, yes. meaning it would interfere with interstate commerce, um, meaning that you're going to set this law here, but the impact could go beyond the border of California and go into other states. And on that alone, that's why they, they said no to it.
2: And, and I agree with the judge's conclusion here. Uh, it, it does seem to be one of the ways in which California is trying to make an end run and put as many gun manufacturers out of business as possible. The, their plan was inundate the manufacturers of firearms with lawsuits and put them into bankruptcy.
4: Yeah, they would like to not have another gun sold by a manufacturer whatsoever. And I guess in their idyllic world, that means all crime would go down. But you and I know that's just not reality. The gun manufacturers, yes, they make the product, but it has nothing to do with the product they make and everything to do with the individuals that choose to pick up mm-hmm. that product and use it in a violent
2: manner. 512-836-0590. Also today, the Austin Chronicle is reporting the city of Austin has decided not to do that $1 million study of the homeless. They were going to hire a Washington, D.C. consulting firm and pay them a million dollars to study what's happening in Austin with the homeless. Now the plan is being called off. They were asking Travis County to put in $400,000 they wanted Central Health to pay $400,000, and all of them are balking. They've been saying, no, we don't want to put money into this kind of a study. So the whole thing is being called off.
4: Good. Uh, but this article, to me, highlighted what dysfunction we have at the city of Austin because this proposal to, to move into this contract was put forth in front of the city council making it seem like everybody was on board, they had the money, we could move forward with this without having confirmed, and it sounds like maybe even asking these other entities that they thought were going to partner with them and put in the money. So again, the communication not there, dysfunction completely there. And then on top of it, this outfit that they were going to go with has a troubling history. So why would you even consider them you knew that there would be questions as to why are you choosing this firm
2: and they have plenty of people on the staff already at the city of austin who could have been and should have been tracking data outcomes making it publicly available so that the city council and the citizens could find out if we're getting our money's worth On the millions they're spending on the homeless. There's no need to hire a special team from Washington, D.C. to do that.
4: And then pay them a million dollars. You're absolutely right. We have a whole position. I don't know what the official title is. We call him the homeless czar. There's a position there, and I imagine they have individuals that work in that department under the homeless czar. What are they doing? Like, I think that that would be their responsibility. You wouldn't have to ask them. It should have already been done from the day one that we started spending all of this money. 512-836-0590. It's
2: 544 at KLBJ.
1: And now, back to The Mark and Melinda Show. Join the conversation at 512-836-0590. The Texas Scorecard is reporting that some
2: parents who have students at Rouse High School in the Leander School District are upset. They say it took far too long for the principal at Rouse High School to alert the parents that a teacher had been removed from the school and suspended under allegations of having an inappropriate relationship with a student. They got the letter on Tuesday of this week. But the teacher was escorted out on Friday of last week, according to the letter from the Rouse High School principal.
4: Yeah, and I got an actual copy of the letter, and in the very first paragraph, it says, "...the safety and security of all our students is our top priority at Rouse. With that in mind, I am writing to let you know of a situation that has affected our campus and is likely to draw media attention." And then it goes on to say, on Friday, this is what happened. Um, The fact that it happened on Friday, parents did not get that email. This email that, that I have is, yeah, February 20th, which would have been Tuesday. That's that many days that went by without them informing. And that in the very first paragraph, it says, likely to draw media attention. This is the reason that I'm writing you. I can't help but wonder, if you didn't know that the media was aware of this, would you have ever said anything?
2: Good question. Parents want to know that their kids are safe at school. They don't want to worry about the staff preying on their kids, grooming them, having sexual relationships. This story in the Texas scorecard says this is the third case like this in the Leander School District this year.
4: hmm there's, there's something going on in Leander ISD, and I, it should have already been done if an emergency school board meeting called to figure out what the heck is happening, how is this happening, why are we having so many of our district teachers being brought up on different charges of inappropriate relationships with students?
2: And uh, you and I are seeing this occurring in news stories all over the state of Texas. It's not isolated to the Leander school district. It's widespread, all over the state. There's something every day now,
4: all over our state, all over other states. Uh, it is, it it is out there quite a bit, and it was, it's alarming to me. And I don't even have a child in the school districts. I can't imagine this being yet another added concern you have to have as a parent. Um, A thought that has to be in the back of your mind, just because we're seeing all types of people. It's not just, oh, it's all the male teachers, Mm -hmm. or it's, you know, science teachers, or it's this or that. We're seeing it across the board. It could be anyone and across the board on ages that they teach.
2: Here's an example out of the Katy School District. This is in the news today, ABC 13 in Houston. A former Katie ISD football coach gets four months in jail after he uh, fondled and groped female students. It started with two 15-year-old girls in September, and then after this emerged, three other young girls came forward and said, he did the same thing to me, and so he got four months in jail, uh, and this was... Yeah, another plea bargain. He pleaded guilty to an improper relationship with a student. So he gets four months in jail.
4: That is way too light. Two individuals that said this happened, and that's how these charges were brought up, and then you had an additional three other young girls that came forward, and you're saying 120 days. Oh, yes, he does have to forfeit his teacher's license But do you think that that is enough of a punishment for this? He knowingly preyed upon Mm -hmm. young girls. And not only just preyed upon them, like took it further with physical contact with them.
2: Yes, he did. And um, it doesn't elaborate as to why they cut a plea bargain agreement, but they did. The prosecutors down there said, we'll let you plead guilty. In return, you agree to four months in jail and that's going to be it.
4: It is putting out a message. When you take this, we're talking about Leander, that has yet to be played out in the courts to see what happens there. Uh, We talked about the poor little 11-year-old girl that uh, was killed by someone who should have been behind bars. We are putting out a message. We don't care about our kids. When you continuously choose to look the other way on these heinous crimes.
2: And you and I believe that there is so much content in the school curricula these days focused on sex, sexual activity, gender identity, etc. It's creating an atmosphere where everyone within the school is focusing on sex and related topics.
4: Yeah, I can't help but wonder if there's some kind of tie-in with that when you've got... Districts that are fighting for we have to have these talks with kids as young as first grade, that it doesn't give the sense that it's okay to prey on these kids because such a sexual atmosphere and everything's so heightened that they think it's okay.
2: Let's go to Kevin in Round Rock at 552 with Mark and Melinda. Hello, Kevin. Welcome.
9: Hey, Hey, good afternoon. Thank you all for the uh, drive time traffic updates. Really helpful. Good. Um, What I'd like to say is being in management 35 years and going back to the 90s, I think, you know, a lot of uh, assistant managers are uh, college graduates in their 20s. So in the same way you have teachers in their 20s, you know, my experience companies have been real intensive on uh, training against sexual harassment and also inappropriate relationships between managers and employees. Uh, as far as fraternizing so I think in the same way a lot of young teachers they don't the school district are slack and they're not emphasizing these boundaries because you know there's a lot of friendly relationships of young teachers in their 20s and especially in high school well I don't think uh, uh, you know once everybody gets this training and it's real intensive and everybody knows it's non-negotiable other teachers will be watching out for these relationships they seem to be this teacher's hanging around a lot of time or this student's hanging around in the class a lot to kind of keep everybody within the, uh, the, the, the lines, you know. So I think school districts should be doing a lot more uh, of this type of management training for teachers.
4: Well, we have a text here uh, that agrees with you about the boundaries, and they say that there's not boundaries from preventing educators from having social media contact with the students. Uh, They say just a few years ago, that was a requirement. You could not have social media interactions. And now that doesn't seem to be a case. You've got students following teachers on different social media platforms. And this allows for the private messaging to go on. And you have those direct messages that others don't see. They're able to kind of do it in this secrecy world of social media.
9: Yeah, criminalization is not good. It's, it leads to bad things.
2: Uh, we have a big problem, and it seems to be getting worse. That's my impression. I, I, I see these stories every day in the news now, Kevin, all over the state. They're very serious allegations or convictions in many, many cases. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is the last thing students and parents need is school staff preying on the students. Thank yeah. you, Kevin. You have a good one and a great evening.
4: Well, and I'm thinking about the the young girls and the young boys. When you've got an educator, someone that you trust that is preying on you, what that does to your self-esteem, your self-confidence, moving forward, mm. what kind of normalcy can you have? You're, you're, you're going to have trusting issues. It is just setting them up for a lifetime of issues.
2: No doubt about it. Melinda, you have a good evening.
4: You too, sir.
2: We are here every weekday, 2 to 6. It's Mark and Melinda, live and local. Thank you for joining us. Great job, Tiger and Kyle. The news is coming up next.
0: Maybe you or someone you know has a serious medical condition. Maybe you're just looking for answers on why you're not feeling well. Well, we've got a great show for you on KLBJ. Hi, I'm Ron Aaron with WellMed Radio, an entertaining and detailed look at health and wellness for seniors and other adults aged 18 to 101. We bring you recommendations on how to live longer and healthier lives. Tune in to WellMed Radio Saturdays at 7 p.m. with the Caregiver SOS show immediately following right here on News Radio, KLBJ.